the people can agree on one thing. This country is awesome. Whether you're right side or left side, it's time to put it all aside and remember how amazing this country is. So sit back, pop a cold one, and grab those pork rinds. It's time for Made in America. With your host, the angry Texan himself, Gregory Parrott. All right, everybody, welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Greg, the angry Texan parrot. I've got with me my two best friends, Devin Seabold. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank and you. And I've got Mike Lee. I'm going to give Mike applause. Oh, oh you got, you got an applause? I've got applause, just for Mike, though. Yeah, just for Mike. <laughs> Greg doesn't even get it. Yeah, I don't even get anything on this. It's you get one show. thing. Right. Oh, is that My very own show. And I'm starting out with crickets. Those are American crickets. <laughs> they crickets are. They were made in America. They're, they're American crickets. I can hear by the way they tweak. Is it tweak? I don't know. Uh, I don't actually know what they do. What do crickets chirp. do? Chirp. Chirp. That's, it. that's yeah. right. Chirp. That's, that's right. That's an American chirp. Unless they're Polk County crickets, then they tweak. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, uh, welcome to our show. Uh, this is all about what things are awesome about America and being a total badass. I mean, I'm not a Chris uh, Kid Rock fan. Uh, Mike Lee's girlfriend is. Yes, huge fan. We have a giant, I'd say it's probably six and a half foot tall uh, painting of Kid Rock in our living room. Yeah. Life yeah. size, that's fun. Yeah, well, well, it's only his head. Oh, God. It's his head. He's like smoking a doob and like being super dude, McDude. Uh, uh, Kid Rock. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a pretty badass painting. Yeah, I but, mean it's it's a pretty badass. Made in America. Good old Kid Rock grew up in <laughs> the suburbs of Detroit. Oh wait, never mind. He was a rich kid. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that uh, when I was over there, I uh, I pulled around the the furniture. I was looking for the little the little Joe C. The what? The little Joe C that ran with him. Oh, oh, the, the little guy. midget guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why didn't she? Didn't have he die? Him? No, I, is he dead or is Mini Me dead? One of them. No, is no, dead. he's dead. He, Burn he, Troyer's dead. Yeah, and yeah. so is the other guy. Josie's dead. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought I thought Josie died too. Yeah. Oh, did he? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know so that. you should probably the little uh, man shed that you built out about the yeah. The, that's what I call it, a man shed. Speaking of things that are made in America, yeah. anybody who's got a, a man made shed and Josie yeah. is buried in America. Yeah, yeah. buried. buried. <laughs> he really is <laughs> in America. But anyways, you you do you have a really awesome setup out there, man. And uh, it, you have it on YouTube yet? No, no. Why? Oh well, I've got my my barbecue video yeah. that I filmed out there. Yes, but I didn't like do a. Here's how I created my man shed. Yeah, a little Bob Vila. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do a Bob Vila. No. Yeah, it was really cool though. I mean, yeah. And, and Clay, our mutual friend, uh, yeah, complained about it. Complained about what? The fact that you put seashells there. He's like, I can't, take, I can't go barefoot over there. I know. There. I'm like, God almighty. Yeah. So I put seashells around it because I did this whole like nautical theme for my smoke shack. I've got all my stuff from back when we used to do pirate shows. So I put it all out there. You know, it's kind of like hanging out at the Tiki Hut with the barbecue going and some beers. And, you know, so I put seashells on the ground. And all I've gotten was complaints. All I've gotten is complaints. Well, it looks he, fantastic. He but you can't go... go Barefoot. Yeah. Clay's a 500-pound man. I know. He doesn't need to go Why barefoot would, anywhere. A, a marshmallow under his feet would pierce the skin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would you yeah. ever go barefoot? Uh, oh, that's amazing. Unbelievable. So, Devin, what uh, 
What manly things have you done lately? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I I don't build things, that's for sure. Uh, raise kids and do stand-up comedy. I think that's about it. I um I bought a drum set. That's oh, right. oh, did you really? Dude, I yeah. saw that over at your house when we were watching a, the Royal Rumble. Full-size, so, real-deal drum set. Do you know how to play it, or are you going to try to teach yourself how to play I it? I know, because I, I played rock band, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. actually really good. Yeah. So I actually always kind of, I have a drum pad that yeah, I've always yeah. played on, and I've always like observed and watched. Sure. And then I grabbed the kit. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be like a big learning curve, and I'm going to have to learn the real deal. Yeah. And so I was going to do some YouTube videos, but I, I I pressed play on one of the early, like, the songs. It's like, here, you know, play along with this. Mm-hmm. And it's fast-paced. And, dude, I picked it up in, like, 10 seconds and was, like, hitting, wow. hitting everything perfectly. It was like, great job, great job, great job. And I was like, huh. I was like, maybe so I'm wait. actually going to be pretty good at, like, drumming. So is it, a, is it an electronic drum it kit? It is a full Alasis uh, electronic. Like electronic. the real, like, professional yeah, kind. Yeah, the real professional Yeah, yeah, one. okay, yeah. gotcha. It's got, it's got the hi-hats and yeah, yeah, everything yeah. else. It's it's really awesome. That's awesome. Have you That's not rode a, in a car with him? He's always Neil Parton shit dude, out I of I his love, steering yeah. wheel. I love, it, like, beats and Yeah, drums. but there's a difference between, like, I can drum out a beat on the table, but mm-hmm. sitting there with the, you know, trying to get your arms crossed or whatever yeah. and do it on the drum set. And both feet going is definitely way more difficult. Yeah, he's very coordinated. I, I, I remember when we had our old rock band going on. Dude, I, I nailed it. Rock, rock band. band. I did, uh, that's American right there, spilling stuff. On <laughs> yeah. I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. uh, is that your laptop, Greg? Uh, yes. It is? Okay, because if it wasn't, I was going to say, here, let me do you a favor, Devin, and put this over here. No. <laughs> but no, we'll keep it right there. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a, on rock band. I mean, I did uh, Inner Sandman on Expert. Expert. Really? Yeah, yeah. and it would nail it. Like that was, and that's why I was like really kind of into. It. I was like, maybe I'd be good at drums, and but I've never been able to really afford a drum set. Yeah, and I had a good payday last month, so I was like, you know what? Get a drum Treat set. yourself. Yeah, and, <laughs> get uh, one. Very American. Now, where is it in exactly in your living room? Is it between the uh, the the radio controlled cars yes. or the teddy bears? Like where? Do, yes, where and do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Where do you right where there? Do you have it. Have yeah. you broke into my home? <laughs> It's right next to the ra- the big giant RC car and yeah. the teddy bears. Dude, honestly, like his his living room, just I, I figure is what one one of the rooms in the Jackson Mansion looked like. Yeah, yeah. Ranch. He yeah. definitely his living room when you walk in looks like uh, you know it's a daycare. Like, yeah. uh, where are all the other kids that you're watching today? I love, but I, I love my kids, man. They get they got full run of the house. Whatever yeah. they want, and they're cool kids. They, yeah, they play yeah, oh, yeah, they're great kids. And uh, hopefully one day he'll. Uh, 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 get them up to par on some of the fun video games. Uh, did you have the Nintendo in there? You're already raising them right well, on They video play games. the Xbox One all the time. They're, yeah. they're killers. The original they're, Xbox? They're Plants vs. Zombies. No, Xbox One. The well, new, the newest oh, okay. kind of one. New, yeah. not but new. Not yeah, new. I was about to say that. It's a One X. It's it's a, what is the Five now or whatever that they're up it's to? The X- That's the PlayStation 5, the Xbox uh, X, One X. Uh, yeah, it's one. Whatever. Yeah, but I got I got them a really nice one. The so. newest yeah. version. Yeah, nice. They, they play uh, Plants vs. Zombies on that, and they're really good. They're really good. I got mad, though, because Liam, I was playing, and I was a plant, and he switched teams to zombies and didn't tell me. And I'm sitting there playing, and all of a sudden, like, I'm getting pegged in the head, and I, got, I died. <laughs> and my kid, my four-year-old, five-year-old kid is over there going, gotcha. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you son of a <laughs> and, and, and then and you can literally say that because you don't like your ex-wife. So, like, you son of a... I'll go in the next word room and say it, but... Uh, that's whenever you, he was pegging you in the back of the head on the video game. You pick up a Nerf football and, and peg him in the back of the head. just ground him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're you grounded. And then he starts to shut off the controller like, no, leave your character. <laughs> I will I will punish him while you're away. Oh, man. Well, speaking of video games and stuff we loved in the past, uh, let's go into uh, our segment, Back in the Day. 
G.I. Joe and Atari. Saturday morning cartoons and Sony Walkman. Calabunga dudes. Chillax. Time to take a trip down memory lane when blockbusters were big and MTV actually played music videos. It's time for Back in the Day. All right, some of the, uh, something I wanted to, to highlight on uh, uh, back in the day is... Um, well, first explain to, to us, we're all brand new. What is back? What is the segment back in the day? Back in the day is basically everything that we loved as kids. Okay. The it's 80s. A, a throwback. The 90s. Nostalgia. The oh, best times. Gotcha. I don't know anything about the roaring 20s or anything. Those people are fading away. <laughs> well, I know I'm pretty I, sure they're all gone. No, some of them are <laughs> there still There might around. be a few... <laughs> But, I mean, when I think of back in the day now, because I'm at that age, I can say it, I'm thinking hair bands. I'm yeah. thinking uh, sitting there and seeing the, the very first David Lee Roth video on MTV. Which for me was uh, California Girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is not was. even a David Lee Roth song. Yeah. But I loved that video because all the girls have been Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. And I loved Ghostbusters as a kid. And mm. speaking of movies, I want to, to discuss Back to the Future. Okay. Uh, I think that had one of the biggest impacts on my life as well yeah. as it had to have done both of you guys. I love Back to the Future. Because you always wanted time. to sleep with your mom? What was the... <laughs> I'm going to punch you now. <laughs> no, uh, just because it was so awesome because you you got to see this time machine and uh, it was, especially being a kid, you watched it all the time. And then when the sequels came out, because we were always like, when's the sequel going to come out? It said to be continued... God. Yeah, Back to the Future 1, fantastic. Back to the Future 2, even better. And then that's it. <laughs> and then there was no Back to the <laughs> Future 3. Didn't have well, it. But I was a Western guy already, ah, and yeah. I, loved, I loved it. I thought, I was like, man, I that's hate cool. all things Western. All I, things Western. I thought it was good, but it was, I will agree, it was not as good as the first two. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a lot of people that say Back to the Future 2 didn't, wasn't that great. You ever seen the kid flicking off the camera in Back to the Future 3? I have not. No, I you haven't. need to look it up on YouTube. It's great. Really? Because there's like a, it's a panning image of Doc Brown and his kids or whatever. Yeah. And there's a little kid in the background who literally like, and it's it's as clear as day. Just there, the camera's right on him. He's looking at it and he goes, dink. And just throws <laughs> wow. up the middle finger and then drops it right down. And wow. like, and, and it's blatant as can be, but it <laughs> they just didn't catch it. That's That reminds wow. me of Teen Wolf uh, when I was... Uh, yeah, you all saw Teen Wolf, Michael yeah. J. Fox, another brilliant movie that he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very end, right, right as the credits are starting to roll, a dude up in the stands pulls his pants down and whips it out. No. Yes. No, it is. It's a fact. And I didn't believe it until I went and looked it up. And then I went home to Texas while my mom was still alive. She still had all of our VCR tapes. Most of them still worked, and she had a VCR, an operating right. VCR. And you were like, I have to see this dude's wang. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to see this. I didn't know because my mom recorded it off of HBO back in the day. Yeah. And I actually fast-forwarded through it, fast-forwarded, and sure enough, the dude didn't. Really? <laughs> then he pulls it back up real quick. Wow. You're, you're like, I was watching Teen Wolf, but there's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't wow. even want to watch the movie and see the handstand that he did on the van going through town or any of that. I just was like, Zzz. and my mom's like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing, mom, nothing. You know, just, 
Yeah. Uh, what was uh, there's there's a ton of stuff like that though if you think about it. Like I, I want to say there was one. You guys watched Game of Thrones, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you did, Devin. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I finished it. One of the greatest yeah, yeah. things ever. There was a scene in one of the later seasons. I can't remember which one, but there was a scene where they were having a meeting around the giant stone table, like discussing their war strategies and how they were going to take it. And somebody had forgotten to take their Starbucks coffee cup yeah, off. Yeah, I of remember it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's the, not always a wang, but. The you Rescuers know. Down Under. Do you guys know that one? Uh huh. When the, when it was the, animated though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, when the mice are falling and they're falling, and uh, there's these buildings in the background. If you pause it at right at just the right time, there's literally a window with a naked woman in it. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, they, they just freeze frame it. There it is. And they just they intentionally put it in there. And the giant penis on the cover of Little Mermaid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good. That's one. pretty awesome. Uh, I, I just <laughs> see any time it's a wing, he gets excited. He's, He's like, like, "That's pretty awesome. It's yeah, pretty good. Uh, I have to see <laughs> that." <laughs> it's like a super bad one. That dude was like, "I just couldn't stop trying to <laughs> all the time." No, but uh, I just learned a new one about Back to the Future. Actually, oh yeah, uh, the Twin Pines Mall. Mm. It shows whenever he skateboards up to meet Doc Brown. Yeah, it said Twin Pines Mall. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back to the you know, in the past, and whenever he leaves that dude's garage, he runs over a pine tree. And so when he and goes it back, says pine, it says a uh, Lone Pine lone Mall. Pine yeah. Oh I just wow. Learned that this week. Oh, that's cool. And so that's why I decided to bring up uh, Back to the Future. Like I wanted a hoverboard. Like that movie had like as soon as I saw that thing, I was like, man, I started thinking about the movie. I'm probably gonna watch them this week. They sell them. Yeah. Well, no, I, 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 no, they came up with the uh, they came up with a, a a version of the hoverboard. They're like developing it or whatever, and it's like the real deal. Where, it, but it has like these stupid engines underneath it, and you only get off the the ground by like about a half an inch or that's something. That's all I need. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> but I it, need. but it, I, they say it's kind of like almost like sliding on ice because that's all it is. But I saw a video of them testing it out, and it was pretty cool. Were they holding on to the back of a? Ford? No, no, they weren't. No, okay. no, running into a manure truck. Yeah. Huey, Huey Lewis in the news. No, no, uh-huh. none of that. No, they were in a little test facility. It was quite boring, actually. Did it work on water? Uh, nope, none no. of that stuff. No, it was on a special floor, even like no. it had to be on a special floor. So. Interesting. All right, but you can look it up. It, it's it's the real I'll thing. They're trying. They're trying to uh, come up with one. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, let's go into on this date. It's time for On This Date. Those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. On This Date in History, those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And uh, today is, uh, what is today special? You're, you're a radio guy? What uh, today is February 2nd, makes it Groundhog Day. That's right. You know what else day it is? Uh, no. All right. There's Tuesday. a lot of things that happen in history on this day, but for me personally, being from North Central Texas, it's Chris Kyle Day. Mm. Who's he that? Is a day dedicated to him? Yeah. Who's Chris Kyle? The the uh, American Sniper dude. Oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah 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 yeah. Okay, I know America, who you're talking about. Dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah, yes. Chris Kyle. <laughs> like the real the real deal. Yeah, the, I know. The complete badass and uh, man. Just whenever that guy died, it's just, I mean, that's when it hit people more. I didn't know anything about him when he died. I, I didn't, didn't know either. anything until the movie. Yep, yeah. exactly. I didn't know anything about it until Bradley Cooper played Chris Kyle. Yeah. Played Chris Kyle, yeah. In Texas, though, people already, you know, knew who he was. He oh, was really? Just, yeah, they did news articles and stuff on him. And you're like, wow, hmm. Texas, you know, which 
probably would be one of my future podcasts just made in Texas. No, it should be called Wow. Yeah. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Texas and penises. God. Two of my favorite things. Two of my favorite things. Bigger I to love, better. I love Texas and I love penises. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Chris Kyle, man, I, the more I look up his stats, like his Wikipedia, I was looking at that and I was like, the day was just a complete, like, if there was anybody that probably just walked into a refrigerator and just grabbed a raw steak that hasn't been cooked and just starts eating it, they would have been Chris Kyle. The dude was a complete badass. Yeah, uh, I only know anything about him from the movie, but based on the movie, yeah, he was a badass, and he didn't even know it. Like, mm-hmm. he was just murdering people. Well, I shouldn't say murdering. Well, he was he, killing the enemy. But, but, he, but. Did have, he did have a good heart, I mean, to come back yeah. and try to help, uh, you know, other soldiers with PTSD. It's yeah. a pretty big deal, you know? You know, and uh, it's hard to, uh, uh, I don't know if you're, are you allowed to be mad at the guy who killed him? Not really. I mean, you can be, but it's mental health. I mean, it's just, yeah. you can be mad at the situation that created a person like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's really. It's, it's a sad story. Yeah, it's a sad story. But it, but it also opened, started opening more conversation because of what happened to him. Sure. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. more soldiers out there. And, and, I, and any soldiers that are listening, uh, current or retired, uh, if you ever feel like you're you're the only one that you're depressed that you can't figure it out, there are people out there that can help you, and there are people out there willing to listen, to sit down with you, and that's the same thing I do with all veterans. Like I love meeting veterans. I love seeing them at the bar, having a beer with them, uh, and and hear their story because you know if we don't know their story, we're never going to get to know you know the mistakes that anybody else has made. I, I always want that one veteran that just doesn't have a story, you know? Oh, you know? I know plenty so, of those. So my cousin's story uh, <laughs> yeah. was in the mail room. Yeah. <laughs> my cousin was like, I did my time, I uh, did my four years, and then I became a manager in a movie theater. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's about yeah, but, it. But I never got to hear my uncle's stories on when they were in the Merchant Marines during World War II. Because he doesn't want you to know them. No, they're that's right. no they passed away, but my okay. dad told me some about it. They were in the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. Yeah, you know, doing uh, what? Crab fishing, <laughs> just trying to wait till the Japanese come up there and right. fight them. Yeah, because I mean? it was really bad back then. And uh, speaking of uh, um, Alaska, uh, my guest today on American Spotlight is uh, a good friend of mine from my hometown. Uh, let's bring in uh, Spotlight. All right, folks, for my spotlight this week and in the Heroes segment, I would like to point out a good friend of mine who served in the military, totally awesome guy, growing up in a small town in Texas and then coming back to said hometown after seeing the world and being out there and being a hero, basically. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Tony Ramirez. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you all for having me on the show. I, I, right now, I, I consider Devin a hero, even putting up with high school kids because I know <laughs> I know what it's like to raise them and, and sending them off to school. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of experience with uh, delinquents. I have Greg as my best friend. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, what it, that's exactly what I've been thinking about is, like, uh, Greg in school. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's got Devin as his friend. <laughs> you know, it's like you're, you're dealing with the Gregs of the world. <laughs> yep, and a lot of them, too. They, they grow in numbers. I don't know why. <laughs> And then you have well, uh, well, there's a, oh, go there's ahead, a special place. In, there's a special place in heaven for you, Devin. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Now, uh, Tony, when we last saw each other, Texas, 
uh, you were going off to do your thing. I was, uh, I was about to go off and do my thing. And, you know, and, and like I said, all your family, your cousins, everybody, we all know each other. Tell us about what happened as soon as you left Graham slash Young County, Texas. Well, um, after graduation, I left Graham, um, to join the Air Force as a flight medic. I, I got stationed in Montana and a culture shock. First, the culture shock joining the military because Graham is such a small town. You know, everybody knows each other and you just get the knowledge of local stuff. When I, you know, joined the military, like my eyes got opened learning about the real world. So I, I became a flight medic stationed in Montana, did my four years. We did a search and rescue and took care of the military. What's a flight medic? Got out. Uh, flight medic. Well, the, the there there was there was medics and then there was flight medics. So you still did your medical job where we did physicals on all the flights, personnel, pilots, and then you also did we did search and rescue in Montana because that's where the local skiers and hunters when they would come up there, you know, they'd get lost. So that was our main things that we did flying around in helicopters. Gotcha. So helicopters, that has to be just amazing to be, uh, you know, seeing Montana in a helicopter. First of all, you come from flat Graham, Texas, and then you go into these giant mountains, this beautiful area in Montana. I can't even imagine how amazing it is. Montana is amazing and beautiful. Now that I, I look back and see it, when I was there as a young 20, 21-year-old, it was small town with a Walmart and snow all the time, <laughs> but, but flying around, it did make it look better. I, I didn't appreciate it at the time. You know, I was more concerned with other things. And now that I look back, I'm like, man, Montana was a great place. I should have, I should have enjoyed it more. After you left Montana, you know, I'm reading your stats here, and, and you uh, you went into the Air Force Reserve. So after four years, you decided, hey, I'm just going to kind of be in it, not as much. Right, right. Well, the thing was, I, I would have extended my career at that time, but flight medics were so short, man, that career field, that if I had re-enlisted, when you re-enlist, you normally, you know, at least get to pick a place or, or a dream sheet where you want to leave, but there was no way I was going to leave Montana. They let me know you're staying here. And I didn't care for it at the time. Um, so I, I decided to get out and I came back to Graham, drove a, a rock truck for my parents and joined the reserves to just stay in the military. Uh, well, I actually, I, I stayed out of the military for a little bit, but after uh, September 11th, two days later, I went and joined up in the reserves because uh, I couldn't go back active duty because they weren't taking prior service at the time. They were only taking new people. So my, my way in was going to be through the reserves and then transfer over to the back into active duty is what I had planned on doing. And so you were one, you were one of the ones that said, you know, I just watched these two buildings fall. I'm going to go make a difference. And uh, yes, that, that was my, yeah, that was my mentality immediately. What can I do to help? Yeah, you know, very how, how can I get back in there? Very selfless act, man. It shows here that, uh, you know, after that, you, you, you went into the, the Army. <laughs> it's like, right. wow. <laughs> well, I kept trying to go back into the Air Force, and they only had small windows of when you could, they would accept prior service. You would only open up for a little bit, and then they would close it. After a while, 
an army recruiter said, Hey, we got the same job in the army as you did in the air force. And I, I fell for it. I fell for the dang recruiters trick. And so I, I became a combat medic in the army. Well, the title was healthcare specialist. So in my mind and the way the recruiters told me, I was going to get to go work to the hospital and, you know, kind of like my daily Air Force job when we weren't doing flight missions. But that wasn't true at all. When I joined the Army, I was going through the small uh, reentry course, and they, they said, what's your job? And I said, oh, I'm a healthcare specialist. And they said, oh, a combat medic. And I said, no, 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 I'm a healthcare specialist. <laughs> and, they said, <laughs> and they said, yeah, combat medic. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm working in a hospital. And I said, no, sir. You're infantry with a Band-Aid. And the only time you'll be in a hospital is if you're a female medic or you get blown up. And that right there was another eye-opener for me. Wow. And you had already been in the military already for a while, not seeing you know, anything but finding lost hunters and flying. And then now you're thrust into a combat situation. That's, uh, well, I hope you got what you were looking for whenever 9-11 happened, which most people were. So tell us a little bit about uh, Iraq. Okay, so I signed up for three years of the Army, uh, got got sent to Alaska. So another reason, I wanted to leave Montana with the Air Force because of the weather, the area I was in, came back, joined the Army, and they send me to Alaska where it's colder and more secluded area, you know. <laughs> we I went from seeing negative 20 degrees in Montana to seeing negative 56 degrees in Alaska. You know, so, I, I normally wouldn't question the strategy of our generals, but having seen that <laughs> you've been stationed in Alaska and Montana and knowing of the great Montana-Alaskan war of 08, uh, I would have to say <laughs> that, that uh, I don't know if our strategy is really working, you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, right. I, yeah. All I kept hearing of how that was a dream destination for hunters and for people that love uh, dark and snow. Because during the winter, it's 24 hours of darkness. In the summer, it's 24 hours of sunlight. But after, uh, you know, the Iraq war started, well, then they said it wasn't as great. <laughs> it wasn't gotta, as great as... That's got to be hell for training because you know the drill instructors out there like, all right, guys, we're going to start running from sunup to sundown. <laughs> and you're like, okay, all right. <laughs> Three months exactly. later. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It, and it, it is. You go out there and my, my children, you know, we went to school on base and they had to go every day. They still had to go play outside until the temperature hit uh, lower than negative 20. So at negative factor at negative 20, they didn't let the kids go outside. But if it was negative 19, they had to go outside to at least some sunlight. That was like a mandatory thing. And I asked my daughter, I was like, what do you do? She goes, we just stand in the huddle try to stay warm <laughs> oh my god we, we just uh dad um yesterday we had to sever a tauntaun <laughs> try to seek warmth within its innards i drank deer blood today to stay warm inside <laughs> that's pretty yeah we had moose on post you know and they had the cops would block off the road when the moose was close to the school because it had a little one and i don't know what you call a baby moose but uh, a mace it, it, i don't know <laughs> It was very protective, and so they always ensured that the kids were safe Bowling walking to school. Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't have a we didn't have no bus 
on post, so the kids walk to school, negative 20 degrees. Oh, my God. You know. They literally are going to be when their grandparents said, when I was your age, I had to walk to school at negative 20 degrees. <laughs> while my dad, oh, my, while my dad my, trained for desert warfare in the snow. <laughs> oh, my daughter, my daughter, my older daughter says that to my youngest daughter. You know, she's like, well, you didn't have to walk to school. When you were in kindergarten to in the snow and have to avoid moose and sea bears and all. And my, my youngest daughter's like, yeah, right. Like she can't even picture that, you know, it was before Facebook, before cell phones, before all these things. And now my daughter's like, can't even picture walking down the street, you know? So you literally have kids that, uh, have been all over. I mean, so, so you're it. So you go to Iraq as soon as you leave Alaska and you go from negative 20 to, Plus one twenty. <laughs> that that yeah, I we're sta- I, I tell people how I used to stand in formation, freezing my butt off, just praying to God. And you know, you really do find God when you're in the military. You're looking for him, and you pray to him all the time. I prayed, send me back to the heat, send me back to the heat. You know, I signed up for three years. I only have three months left when we come. The orders come down that we're going to Iraq. And I'm like, God, that's not really what I'm asking for. You know, I, I know I'm praying for heat, but I'm thinking more Texas. Did you so, show up? Did you show up to Iraq in like a, uh, a fur coat? <laughs> <laughs> they, they really don't dress you appropriately for all the conditions that you're in. So, so I had three months left on my contract when we're finding this out and I'm telling them, you know, this is a year in Iraq. I only have three months left in the military and they, they're saying, and I'm thinking there's no way they're sending me. There's no way, you know, my supervisors, you know, you're going, you get, get the packing list. So I'm still getting the packing list, but I'm like, they're not going to make me go. But yeah, they made me go. And, uh, and I, you know, we get there and I'm for five months with my, after the three months I'm in Iraq and I'm like, are you going to send me home? Nope. You're here, man. You're here. And so at that time, they had stop loss. You're in Iraq. Your time's up. You're still there. So for five months, I was on stop loss. And they finally ended up giving me a, a job offer that I would take. And I signed up. I re-enlisted after. Wow, that's that's amazing that you you wanted to do more. You know, that's that's where the hero part comes in because there's a lot of people that done military and they brag about it all the time and we're like, dude, you like did three years and you were like a forklift operator somewhere. You know, the ones that wanted to stay in Iraq, you know, that's the ones that, you know and and oddly enough, we, we know some of those people that that brag about being in the military and uh, you know, anybody that signs the dotted line and goes to military, I give you major props because you, you contributed. I I mean, I often brag about my service in the uh, modern warfare two era. Uh, I reached level 50 and I had a kill death of uh, 4.7. But you know, it's whatever. (laughs) I mean, sure. Brag about Iraq. (laughs) I, I think a lot of people do, you know, picture everything being modern warfare type stuff when you join the military, but it's around, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Hey, cut out for a second, but we heard hurry up and wait. Yeah. So it's not the same. Oh, I was, I was, I was saying, you know, modern, modern warfare and people think, okay, that's going to be when I go, but it's, everything is hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Train, training. You see all these videos of doing the obstacle course and how amazing it looks and that would be fun. It, it's always some training right before it. It's everything safety, safety, safety. 
nothing is fun. There's no fun training in the army. Going to the going to the range to go zero your weapons is not fun at all. Think, oh, I'm gonna go shoot the gun all day. It's all safety, safety, safety. Get yelled at all the time while you're on the range because they're you know just keep on. So, so you don't get to so you don't get to go around the range like John Wick, just like turning corners, just pop, 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 <laughs> just keep going. Uh, Greg actually got kicked out of the military because he was teabagging one of the dummies. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a common thing. So so I, I come from the Air Force. I go to the Army as a, started as a recon medic when I first got to Alaska. I'm, I go with the infantry, the recon guys. They're Greg. Their sense of humor, everything is Greg about them. So I don't really see Greg getting, ever getting kicked out of the military if he joined it. He would blend right in with them. <sighs> and another life and another time. <laughs> It would have been an honor to teabag somebody overseas. Now, you come that's back. A, that's a daily occurrence. I promise it, that that happens. If you fall asleep anywhere, somebody's doing something to you. Never fall asleep around infantry guys. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, that's the part I would have trouble with because I'd want to take a nap. Now, so you get done with uh, Iraq and you come back to the U.S. You continue to work on education at the same time. And it says here that you have a bachelor's in applied sciences. Right. I, um, through my tech schools and stuff in the military, I, I was already getting college credit. And that would be the continue with that on that route with education. I don't care for medicine. I don't care for medical whatsoever. I did, you know, two different branches in the medical career field. But that I never cared do, for doing it. It was just something I got put into. And I was like, okay, well, let me make the best of it. Continue that because when you're trying to get promoted in the military, you have to have college credits. You have to do all these other things to get promoted. So that's what got me going. And then when I got out, still had my benefits. So I just kept going to school, got my bachelor's and I was working on getting my master's, but that is just too much research papers, too, too much writing. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. That's a, a lot of people will say, no, I think the bachelor's is just fine. I had to do it. I had to do too much to even try to get my bachelor's. Now, something else that I was really wanting to to learn more about is that you uh, learned how to fight uh, while you were in the army, like really fight. And tell us a little bit about that. You were a really nice guy growing up, but now you've learned all of this. Uh, I don't know. You, you look like Brian Bosworth running, running around beating people up. Well, um, in the Air Force, I picked up boxing. I was on the base boxing team. I became pretty good at that so when i joined the army when people would talk about combatives and all these other things i would say well i used to box but if i would tell somebody to teach their kids some self-defense it would be jujitsu teach your kids jujitsu don't fall for that karate stuff boxing if, if it came down to a real fight somebody that had the jujitsu knowledge will roll up any boxer any karate guy with a quickness now so my platoon sergeant when I was in the army, a jiu-jitsu guy, and he actually was a, a wrestler in college, and he trained with, got to go to the Olympic Training Center and was an alternate or something for the Olympics. For that whole year in Iraq, he beat me up every day, training me, beat me up every single day. After missions, we would go on three missions a day. When we come back to relax, he liked to relax by beating people up, and I enjoyed learning from him. So every day I learned. I, I could beat everybody but him. So I've, I've, I've never beaten him, and I, I don't think I would ever be able to. But 
Well, I just hope uh, he doesn't come to Graham as a villain and you have to like take him down because that's a, that's like a Batman scenario. But I'm reading here also uh, the best part that I, I love about you the most is that you have five kids, five, five kids. You've been able to raise five kids through all of this, along with your amazing wife that you met while you were stationed in San Antonio, Texas. Right. I have uh, my son graduated college last month. Uh, I have a daughter in college, a 12-year-old, and then the three-year-old twins. My wife is a few years younger than me, so that makes it a lot easier because she can chase them around and, you know, daddy can enjoy his naps. Yeah, that's, and then I, now she wants another one. She wants a daughter. Oh, wow. I'm going to be the oldest dad at all the PTA events. So she's, she's really trying to just, I mean, it was hard going through military in Iraq, but now she's trying to raise the family the same way. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to start our own little platoon, you know, have them marching around and yeah. Cause my, yeah, she, I met her in San Antonio, my last duty station. And she, she is the smartest person I have ever met. And we were, when I first met her, I did not care for her because I went to, we were in a, a training unit. So we would have to, we would help train soldiers, the new soldiers. And she was in charge of one area and I was in charge of another. She was just working around her. It was hard because she just knew everything, you know, and I'm trying to keep up with her and her knowledge was just way above mine. On stuff. Well, and now you're back in my hometown. You are uh, out of the military. Uh, and all you do now is try to keep people informed. You've become a, a, a person that the city and the chamber of commerce have leaned on for all of your drone footage you're very active in the community and you're the first person in the history of the town to ever do live video feeds of the city council which i don't know why anybody has never done that but you're making an impact and do you have any other plans going on other than becoming the hometown savior <laughs> i've been asked to run for offices and and i tell people I was like no thank you I'm good with my life right now. You know, I can update you guys. I can go and, you know, share things that are happening in the town because I do have a lot of time on my hands. Expected to hold positions and expected to do things, that, that makes it not fun. When I do it out of, just because it's something to do, it, it makes it makes it fun and easy. But uh, I did join up with the volunteer fire department as, as their drone guy. So, uh, so when they have fires, I'll go out there with my drone. I'll fly it around, let them know where um, any hot spots might be or something, and we can, you know, focus on that area. Well, keep doing what you're doing, sir, and uh, we thank you so much for having you on our podcast. Tune in. Ladies and gentlemen, this was uh, Tony Ramirez of uh, Graham, Texas. You know, a spotlight of my heroes and zeros. Just thank you so much for coming in, Tony, and we'll, we'll get back in touch with you from time to time. All right. Thanks, guys. It was nice talking to you guys. All right. Have good a good luck with the show. Yes, sir. Right, Thank you. All right. That was uh, that was the spotlight, and uh, and reach out to anybody out there in Graham, Texas. If you see uh, Tony Ramirez, or if you need any uh, drone work done, find him on Facebook. Uh, find him through the Chamber of Commerce in Graham, Texas, or North Texas for that matter. The guy loves doing it. Um, well, guys, I guess that's it. Awesome. And, uh, man. We're gonna that's also. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that was quick. Yeah, yeah. we got the yeah. interview going in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, we'll have another episode next week. Um, 
And if you guys really have a good time or if you have any ideas or any sh- stories you want to share that are all about American, I've got cooks coming on the show. They're going to talk to we're, I got professional wrestlers that we're going to be interviewing. Or if you just want to show Greg a picture of your penis. Yeah, he's oh, looking for that. He's, he's all for it. Yep. Oh, man, I got to go stare at my uh, my fiance's boobs to get over this penis thing. Guys. Oh, my God. So anyways, uh, you can find us at American Made Podcast. Uh, at gmail.com. Send all of us the email That's, that you can. It's M-U-R. Yeah, American. M-U-R, American Made Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, Devin, where can they find you? DevinComedy.com. I really hate for anybody who accidentally typed Merkin Made Podcast. That would be really Merkin bad. Made? Yeah. <laughs> Merkin Don't made. do Merkin. It's Merkin. Yeah, not Merkin. Do you made. know what a Merkin is? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> That'll be your uh, podcast after the penis one. <laughs> Google it, Greg. Google uh, it. Find me on Facebook, Mike Lee Comedian, and, of course, on Instagram, at Mike on the Radio. And I'm on Twitter, even though nobody seems to care. No. Uh, at Mike Lee Comedian. So right. there you go. And you guys have a couple of podcasts they can check out? Yeah, crying in my car at gmail.com. And Mike's uh, I've got a one coming up, but it's, yeah. not, it's not. There's some old episodes up, but uh, if you want to go and check it out, it's crying in my bar. Thank you. Crying in my bar. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, I had fun. I've been on that before. Yes, you I had some So drinks. is Devin. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. And uh, you can find me, The Real Angry Texan, on Facebook, The Real Angry Texan Comedian, Twitter, The Real Angry Texan, YouTube, The Angry Texan, Instagram, The Real Angry Texan. Peace out, guys, and God bless America. If you had a good time, give us a hell yeah. Email us at AmericanMadePodcast at gmail.com. You can also find The Angry Texan on Facebook at The Angry Texan Comedian, Twitter at The Real Angry Texan, YouTube at The Angry Texan, Instagram at The Real Angry Texan. 